And the fat trap, you know what I mean? We can get so zoned in on that that we realize, we fail to understand that there is a world out there where the kingdom is growing and expanding. And uh, we are not the only people that ever lived on this earth as well. I mean, there has been generation after generation before us of people who have carried the gospel around the world and how much that gospel has actually changed nations, changed nations. And it's just amazing. So uh, that's been my goal. That's what I've been after and wanting to do. And uh, I think that we have had a really, really good impact on that. Amen? Uh, two weeks ago, we had, um, who did we have here two weeks ago? Sean and, Sean and Lindsay. And then last week, we had Chaz and the younger generations getting ready to go out into the mission field. And I am believing, we sent out, 25 years ago, we sent out two missionary couples that are still on the field, still impacting, still doing, their, their ministries still are continuing to go on. And, you know, that's our goal. And it's my goal to send out more. Some of you sitting here in this room have a call to missions. I'm looking at you, Patty, over there, and Spencer in the back. You guys have a call to missions, and it's my goal someday to send you, pack your bags, and put you on an airplane and send you. Amen? But there's others, too, that are getting called, and the younger generation being called, and the older generation being called. And missions is an amazing thing to get to be a part of. We also were working a lot on our projects, and I had a list of a lot of projects that I wanted us to, to give into. And, and at first, I was just going to try to overcome that water project in Uganda for our maternity clinic, where they are drink, they're drawing water out of a water hole that, that livestock and humans are drinking out of. It, they have to boil it. It never clears up. It's dirty no matter what they do. And uh, we had an opportunity to put water in for $6,000. I thought it was going to take us three weeks. We did it in one week. Bam, done. So as you can see, all of our water jars across the front are full of clear water. They started off dirty. And I thought we would like maybe get to here and then to here. And I was hoping that maybe by this Sunday we could get to here. But that first Sunday, bam, you guys did it. And uh, then we were able to move on. So our water project is done. Everybody yelled, done. Then I said he needs a boda boda so we can get pregnant ladies who are in labor that need a C-section or having difficulty out of the little town, the little area, and into the hospital. On a, a boda boda is a motorcycle. Uh, he also goes out into the bush and does uh, postpartum visits and, and takes care of some of the women that are having difficulty that they can't walk the 20 miles that they walked in labor to come into our maternity clinic. No, you guys have no idea how cool this thing is, is what we're, that we're doing over there. Um, so we, guess what? We paid for a boda boda for him. <laughs> done, everybody yelled done. <laughs> done. Then the Mahawans were wanting some uh, finance to be able to go into Burma to hold pastoral training meetings and church plantings. And uh, he, they had uh, quite a few of the smaller trips. Can you yell done, because we did it? And we are well on our way to um, giving them more. We have given over the last two weeks over $8,700 into our projects. You guys are incredible. You guys are absolutely, I just am absolutely blown away. 
So uh, the next, we want to finish up making sure that the Mahawans have the finance to continue to uh, uh, train their pastors. And then we also want to send Rose, who is a young gal in Uganda, to her first year of university. She's waiting to get her university uh, fees paid for. It's $1,400. She's a young girl that was found out in the bush. She was one of many children. She was the oldest. She was taking care of her siblings and being abused terribly. And uh, uh, they were found by WAMF, and she was taken, and she's been in their orphanage. She has now since grown up. She was one of their top students all the way through their school. She has a thirst for learning and a thirst for teaching. It's her goal. She's been accepted into one of the best universities in Uganda. She wants to be a teacher, come back and lead their schooling, teach in their school. So she needs to have her university paid for. So that's, these are all projects. These are all projects that I have goals for that I would love to be able to, to take care of. If you have not gotten a missions booklet, ushers, I know I had told you I was going to do this before, and I think now you're all kind of dispersed. Why don't you come on forward, ushers, with your books and with your, the pledge cards. I want to make sure that everybody has a book and a pledge card. They're, they're grabbing those for me right now. So I want to make sure that every single one of you have an understanding for what we're doing here at New Horizon for Missions. We are doing amazing things. You are doing amazing things. You have no idea. Up until this point, we've been giving to our missionaries just out of general tithes and offerings, and uh, that's been awesome. Uh, but you haven't known what you've been giving into, so, and you haven't had the opportunity to possibly give above and beyond. So today we're going to change that. Today is our day that... Um, we are going to begin to collect pledge cards from, from you, if possible. So the ushers are coming forward. They're going to turn around. If you have not gotten a missions booklet or if you do not have a pledge card in your hands right now, I want you to put your hands up. Just put them up real fast, and they will get you a mission book and a pledge card because today is the day that we're going to um, go ahead and take care of those. There's a magnet on the, that pledge card. My goal for you is to take that magnet Put it on your refrigerator. Every time you go to open your refrigerator to get a nice something to, to eat, <clears throat> you can remember that we are doing missions. Amen. Can I get a drink of water? I got, all of a sudden, I got a tickle in my throat, and that's not going to work for me because I have to use that throat. Is this coffee? Okay, good. It would not be good if I drank coffee. Because I've done that before. I've preached on a cup of coffee, and I was like, ah, you know, it just it does not go well. Anyway, so good things. All right. Um, we also have represented here today um, some local missions. Not only do we in, are involved in foreign missions, but we're also involved in local missions. And not only do we have our own outreach that we do every month, we have a teen challenge over here that we support and CareNet over here that we support. So we're dealing with the homeless through our own outreach. We're dealing, thank you, Art. Oh, you're amazing. Uh, we're also dealing and helping uh, unwanted pregnancies and uh, doing what we can to combat abortion through CareNet. They've got amazing things over here. She's got candy. So for no other reason, go visit CareNet. Uh, but they've got a uh, chapstick too. She's got little chapstick. So if your lips are dry, go over there. And have a chat with her, find out how you can help out with CareNet, because there's all sorts of opportunities for um, volunteering at CareNet. And then over here, Teen Challenge, I believe she has oranges and cookies. So those are handy too. 
You can put that orange in your pocket and eat that later if you want. But they have all sorts of good stuff over there as well, so don't forget about that. So that's kind of a little bit about what we got going on here today. But I want to take just a moment right now to bring you some, the word. And uh, I'm very excited with, with what God is doing and what's going on around the world and, and how things have, you know, what, what is our plan? What is his plan for us in the world? Say, what's my plan, God? Help me to have pur purpose. How do I fit in? You are very important. Amen. Amen. So let's open our Bibles up to Mark 16, if you would, for me. Mark 16. And I'm going to share what we believe are the last words that Jesus spoke. And if they're the last words that Jesus spoke, don't you think they're kind of important? They're a little bit of our direction as to what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to be, you know, what, what's the next step? You know, so much had happened, so much had gone on. And um, here's, I mean, if you can think about just the climax of, of the crucifixion week and, and, well, even before that, all the healings and all the teachings and, and all of the, the crazy, you know, the establishment was yelling and screaming, crucify, and just all that, just all this really crazy stuff. And then he's dead. He's gone. Jesus is gone. And he's in the tomb. And then all of a sudden he rises from the dead and he, he makes himself known to, to so many people. And, and it's just this weird thing of, are you real? Is this real? Is this real? Like something brand new is just like busting out. And, and his disciples, can you imagine being the disciples through all of that, that turmoil, that up and down, that roller coaster? And here he is, he's a walking dead man. And he shows up when you least expect him. They're in a prayer room. They're in a prayer room. And he walks into the prayer room and didn't use the door. That is our Jesus. And he gathers them all up. And, and just before he goes up into heaven and he, he ascends that last ascension, he says these words. And these were their marching orders. And here we go. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those, uh, will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs and wonders that accompanied it. That is called the Great Commission. And that is where the church has been left. Those are the last parting words of Jesus to us. That is our last direction. I want to rename it. I know the church calls it the Great Commission. I want to call it the Great Adventure. Can you imagine 
Jesus, standing, you're standing there for the last time. You're looking at him and you're going, wait a minute, you're the, you're the one that walked around and, and healed people. You're the one that, what are you doing? You can't leave us a sheep without shepherd. And Jesus looked at them and he said, okay, now listen, guys, here's the plan. I need you to go all the way out there. I need you to go everywhere. And I want you to know that you're going to speak with new tongues. You're going to pick up snakes. And I'm sure at that point I would say, um, no, thank you. I don't need that kind of adventure. No, you're going to pick up snakes. You're going to drink deadly poison. It's not going to hurt you. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to da-da-da-da-da. And then he leaves. He has set us on, you included, because you are his body. You are his church. He has declared that life as a Christian is meant to be a great adventure. And you have been called to that same thing. And for some of you sitting in this, in this room, this is news to you. What do you mean? My life is already set in stone. I wake up in the morning. I go to work. I do this. I do. No, you have been called to something even greater than that. You've been called to a great adventure. And this church here at New Horizon, if I have anything to do with it, we will be a people engaged in the great adventure. We are not going to be a people engaged in just same old, same old every week. We're not going to be a people engaged in routinely coming in, sing three songs, sit down, read the bulletin, have a sermon, yay, shake everybody's hands, walk out the door. Go back to life as usual. I am dead set against that. I want us to be living God's great adventure every day of our life. In Jesus' name. Because that's what we're called to. That's what we're called to. So, to give you a little bit of, a few examples. I read this book over the last couple weeks. It's called Adventures in Missionary Heroism. It's a cool book. And I thought it was really fun. And I thought when I got it, I thought we were going to just, you know, read all these really, really cool stories where everything just turned out peachy keen. And I can't tell you that all these little chapters turn out peachy keen. But I'm going to give you a quick overview on some of them. Is that okay? So the first one that I, the first guy I want to tell you about, because remember, we are not the only people that have ever lived on this planet. We kind of think we are. And that life is as it has always been, but no. This is not how life has always been. We get to be in a little snippet. See, God created the earth here, and here's the end of the age, and we're somewhere maybe, I don't know, some people think we're right here, some people think we're right here, I don't know, this is not what that, conver you know, this, this is not that conversation. But I am telling you that we're a little sliver of it, and with every generation, with every moving of time across the, across the ages, God has had a, a people called out. He has had a people se selected and, and surrendered to him. And he's had a people that have been bringing the gospel to this world. And up until this point where we are at, the gospel has continued to be on the increase. Until today, it is the largest body of belief in the world. It started off with 12 disciples, but I'm telling you, it has grown and grown and grown just as a tree comes from a very small mustard seed, and it grows until the birds of the air can nest in it. That's your kingdom that you are in, and it will only continue to grow. So I want to tell you some stories about some guys that were maybe back in here, if that's where we are. 
First guy I'm going to tell you, there's hundreds of them. There's hundreds of heroes. First guy I'm going to tell you about, his name is Boniface. He lived in 722. And he was an English gentleman. I believe he was English. He was from Europe. England, I, I do believe it was England. Uh, and he felt called to the Germanic tribes. And at this point in time, Germany and that whole area, it wasn't Germany yet, but that whole arena was filled with very warring tribes. And their god was the god Thor. And the god of Thor, the god Thor was a very warring god. That's where we get our name Thursday. Thor, the god, of, the god named Thor. And he reigned and ruled very, very hard-fistedly over the Germanic tribes. And the Germanic tribes took their marching orders from this god named Thor, and they worshipped him, and it was a scary. He was the god of thunder, and he was a very harsh and mean god. And, and he had the, they had this big tree in the middle of somewhere out there, I don't know, and it was where everybody gathered around this tree, and this tree was huge. And, and it was considered the, the place of sacred worship of, of the god Thor. And these missionaries that were coming into the Germanic type, tribes knew that they needed to somehow overcome this belief in the god Thor, who was not a loving god, who was an angry, warring, awful god that caused them to kill and to steal and to destroy. So this missionary Boniface thought, hey, listen, we got to go to the very heart of this thing. And this man walks up to that tree when it was surrounded by all of the believers of Thor, he'd been working and working and working, trying to tell them about Jesus, trying to tell them about the loving God who does not come to kill, steal, and destroy, but comes to give life and life more abundantly. He took out an ax, and everybody's like, what are you going to do? He goes over to the tree that is huge, okay? One guy and one ax is not going to take it down. He takes it, and he takes a swing at it, and as he's swinging at it, you know, everybody thinks that he, you know, everybody was just like ready to pounce on him, and everybody thought that the god Thor would come down with thunder and lightning and strike him dead because he was messing with their tree, right? Well, instead, as he's whacking at it, the wind starts blowing. A wind starts to blow, and between him whacking at the tree and the wind blowing, that huge, huge, monstrous tree fell over. There is no windstorm that could blow. You know what I mean? Come on. And everybody thought, oh, Thor's really going to come down now. Nothing but blue sky and tweeting birds. So then... He shares the Lord with them, and the kingdom takes root. An adventurer. I have a whole list. I'm not going to have time to get to the whole list. Gladys Alward, 1903. Little short girl, dark hair, wished she was tall, skinny, and 